T-Rex there, Telegram Sam. You are on In Your Face on 3CR with James. On today's show, our guests are Sean Mulcahy, Sally Goldner and Dina Curry join us. But we do have Sean Mulcahy on the line to talk about the Victorian Pride Lobby's Rainbow Local Government Campaign. Sean, welcome back to the show. Thanks, James. Always a pleasure to be on. Great to chat. Let's start from scratch. Tell us about the objectives of the local government campaign, the Rainbow Local Government Campaign. So the Rainbow Local Government Campaign was set up to foster LGBTIQA plus inclusion in local governments right across Victoria. We've got two big aims. One is to get more LGBTIQA plus people elected into Victorian councils so that our council chambers represent and reflect the diversity of the communities that they represent. And then our second goal is to work with allies in the council chamber and in the council offices to progress LGBTIQA plus inclusion across local government. It's been incredibly successful. I mean, you tweeted this week that uh, only four out of 79 Victorian councils are not flying the rainbow flag on either Hobbit. Uh, the International Day Against Homophobia that happens in May. That's an achievement. And those four are Alpine, Strathbogie, Tawong Shires and the city of Wangaratta. Yes, you're right. And I'm actually in Wangaratta today at the Wangaratta Pride Fair Day. It's wonderful to be up here in sunny Wangaratta. And you're right, we've now got 75 out of 79 of our local councils across Victoria flying the rainbow flag on May 17th to mark the International Day Against homophobia, biphobia, intersex discrimination and transphobia. We still do have those four councils to go. We've had really productive talks with Taowong Shire and Alpine Shire. Um, there'll be a motion, we believe, going to the Taowong and Strathbogie Council meetings in March, so later this month. And we've also got to a point where I think we're confident we're going to be able to fly the rainbow flag in Alpine Shire. That's just going to a briefing of councillors. Uh, Wangaratta? Still got a bit of a way to go. They had a report done in May of 2021. They Sorry, they commissioned a report in May of 2021 to look at flying the rainbow flag, but two years later and we haven't quite had movement on that. So uh, hopefully uh, the Wangaratta Pride Fair Day, which is absolutely fantastic, spurs the council to take some action and that they will join the vast majority of councils across Victoria and flying the rainbow flag on that day. And we're confident we're going to get there and that we will become the first jurisdiction in the world where every single municipal or local government is flying the rainbow flag to mark either Hobbit. Gee, I thought you were going to say Wangaratta was close. I mean, of those four regional councils, it's the it's the biggest, you know, in terms of being a, a, a city. Uh, you're in Wangaratta now. What are queer people in Wangaratta and allies saying about the council's lack of support on this issue? Well, I should say Wangaratta Council is doing a lot of great work in this space. They did support the uh, Wangaratta Pride Fair Day that's running today and they have supported uh, Wangaratta in setting up a Pride Hub, the first of its kind in regional Victoria or the first that we have at the moment, uh, which is really significant. So it's just about council now taking that next step and showing uh, that they're flying the flag for the community quite literally by putting up the rainbow flag on Idaho. I mean, you've had so many successes, Sean, with the campaign. Almost every month, it seems like another domino falls. Um, what's that council that surprised you the most with its rapid progress since it supported your campaign? Well, I think there's a lot of councils doing fantastic work. And I just want to shout out to my own council, which is Ballarat. 
They've done a lot of fantastic work in this space. We work with council and they've set up an LGBTIQA plus advisory committee and that committee's worked and developed Ballarat's first ever LGBTIQA plus action plan which contains a number of simple yet really important recommendations and actions to improve LGBTIQA plus inclusion across the Ballarat municipality. And it will be great to see our other regional cities like Geelong uh, and others following in the footsteps of Ballarat. What about in Melbourne? What's that council where you say to them, look, you've really got to lift your servant volley? Well, at the moment, we're having a little bit of trouble with Whitehorse City Council. So Whitehorse Council, which is based in the east of Melbourne, they had rainbow stickers on two of their aquatic centres. Uh, somebody's notified the council about the rainbow stickers and council's made the unfortunate decision to take those stickers down. Now, it says it's because they weren't properly authorised or that they were concerned that um, they may fall into disrepair. Well, I think it sends a really strong negative message to the community in taking those stickers down. And what we're calling on council to do now is to authorise those stickers and get them back up on the wall. Gee, those excuses don't really fly. I mean, if they're unauthorised, you'd think councillors would be rushing to authorise them. I mean, everybody seems to be embracing, uh, you know, queer rights at the moment in terms of the mainstream. It's very much, you know, the uh, the uh, flavour of the month. I'm surprised that Whitehorse, you know, close to the inner city is uh, dragging its heels. Well, it doesn't need to drag its heels any longer. The Director of Community Services and the CEO can go ahead and authorise those stickers and we can get them up tomorrow. And that will mean that we don't need to have a big brouhaha about it. We'll just move on. They were never a problem to begin with. Um, I don't know what's triggered council to have a look at them, but what it needs to do is reauthorise them, get them back up and continue their work in supporting the LGBTIQA plus community. What's the council in Victoria that keeps nailing it with its excellence on rainbow rights? Well, we do run a Victorian Rainbow Equality Index, we call it, or Local Government Equality Index, I should say, that maps how councils are going against the five pledges that we've asked councillors to take. So that's flying the rainbow flag on Ida Hobbit, which we've talked about. It's about participating in Pride events, like the fantastic Wangrad Affair Day. It's about setting up an LGBTIQA plus committee and developing an action plan like Ballarat's done and also working towards rainbow tick accreditation of council services. And if I had to say which council's doing the best on that, it's Banyul. They've done all of the five things that we look for in terms of determining whether a council is equal and inclusive towards LGBTIQA plus residents, and they're really setting the benchmark there. Now, I should say there's a lot of fantastic things that councils do out of those five key things, but we think if they're doing those five key things well and right, then that sets them in good stead to be inclusive of their LGBTIQA plus residents and the LGBTIQA plus people that work and recreate within their council area. So Banyol's the benchmark. That surprises me. I would have thought you would have said Port Phillip or Morland or, or Yarra. Why is Banyol nailing it, do you think? I think they've got uh, support from the council chamber and they've got support from council officers, which is really important. Now, you mentioned a number of other councils there. Port Phillip is working on its way towards developing an LGBTIQA plus action plan. And I think we'll see Port Phillip right up at the top um, again soon. And they're actually taking a really significant step of getting all of their services rainbow tick accredited, which is something we haven't seen in the local government sector before. Mary Beck passed a really significant motion around supporting trans and gender diverse inclusion in sport. Now, your listeners would know well 
the big culture war that's going on at the moment when it comes to trans and gender diverse inclusion, particularly in sport. And I think it's really significant that um, Mary Beck's taken that step there. So we know that there are councils that are that are getting close to that gold standard. Mary Beck's, you know, about to endorse their LGBTIQA plus inclusion plan, which is fantastic. And I'm hopeful that um, it won't just be Banyul that's sitting on the top, but we'll have lots of councils fighting to be the best on LGBTIQA plus inclusion. You mentioned that part of the Rainbow Local Government campaign's focus was to get more queer people running for local government. In 2020, there was a huge number of queers that ran. Sounds like we're going to surpass that in 2024. Well, that's what we're hopeful for. Now, at the moment, we've got about 4.7% of Victorian councils who identify as LGBTIQA+. When you look at the general population, um, it's closer to 5.4%. So there's actually an underrepresentation of openly LGBTIQA plus people in our council chambers across the state. Our goal is to lift that up and work with the Victorian government to hit their target of 50% of women councillors in 2025 because we know a significant area where we need to improve is the representation of LBTIQA plus women. And we've done a lot of work. We've uh, done a report on the barriers to um, lesbian, bi and queer women in standing for local government. And at the moment, we're doing a survey to understand what the barriers are for trans, intersex and asexual Victorians as well too. So we're hopeful with that work of identifying the barriers. Uh, We can work together with others that are doing fantastic work in this space, including the More Women for Local Government team, to get those numbers up and have council chambers that reflect the diversity of the communities that they represent. Of all those queer people that ran for council and those that got elected or re-elected, who are the standouts, do you think? Oh, I'm not going <laughs> to uh, pick favourites. I think they're all doing fantastic work. And I, I think what it shows is that uh, LGBTQA plus people um, have a fantastic capacity to work across the political divide to get work done. We saw that during the marriage equality debates in the federal parliament, and we see that so often in our council chambers as well too. And I do want to give, if I can, one particular shout-out, which is to... Councillor Tosh Jake Finnegan, who is the newly elected councillor, elected on a count back in Colac, Otwayshire, and our first openly trans-elected uh, councillor in Victoria. Now, they went in and said they were going to get Colac, Otway to sh- fly the rainbow flag, and within a month or so of being elected, that's what happened. So we know that having people in that council chamber can get really positive outcomes not just for you know our own representation, but for the broader LGBTIQA plus community as well too. So congratulations, Tosh Jake. Um, fantastic work in Colac Way. And I imagine James Conlon's going to be even more outspoken on queer issues at Meribeck now that uh, he's an independent. I should definitely think so. And um, James has done some fantastic work around uh, trans and gender diverse inclusion in sport and has been a really vocal and strong ally to the trans and gender diverse community and also uh, was the instigator for Mary Beck developing its first LGBTIQA plus inclusion plan, which um, I'm confident we'll be seeing going to the council meeting in May. Uh, And that I think will set Mary Beck to be up in it as a um, bit of a leader in terms of LGBTIQA plus inclusion in our local government. So we've worked well with James and we'll continue to do that now that he's an independent. Of course, you've been to a a flurry of conferences over the last few weeks, including the World Pride Human Rights Conference uh, in Sydney. What was the highlight of that for you? 
I think a particular highlight was seeing so many elected representatives there. There was a fantastic panel featuring our own Tony Briffer, who's the mayor of Hobson's Bay, I believe, the first openly intersex person elected to public office in potentially the world, I think, um, and alongside other uh, leaders, including Sarah McBride, um, the first trans state senator in the US, Tina Brown, who's the opposition leader in the Cook Islands, and others as well to it, a fantastic panel chair by Alex Greenwich. And I think what I got out of that is just how important it is to have uh, people that represent our community inside these uh, peak decision-making bodies, be it at a a federal, a state or a local level, because we can see from the work they do that they really make a difference. And I hear Will Streck's uh, pink-washing speech really nailed it. Yeah, I think, um, and I will say we've had a fantastic working relationship with the Australian Services Union, which is the union for local government workers, and they've been doing some fantastic work around ensuring that the conditions for LGBTIQA plus workers within local government sector are the best they can be, um, and in supporting some of the campaigns that we've run as well too. So I think it's um, what the World Pride Conference showed us is that having unions uh, fighting for LGBTIQA plus workers' rights and community rights more generally is really, really important. Sean Mulcahy, always great to hear your insights on 3CR. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on, James. Sean Mulcahy, there you are, and in your face on 3CR, and here's Rasheen Murphy.
from her very funky album Machine, Machine Murphy there with Jealousy. You are in your face on 3CR with James. I'm delighted to have my dear colleague Sally Golden on the line who is a Chill Out Festival ambassador and it's underway right now in Dalesford. Sally, welcome to the show. James, always good to be with you and hi from Judge Warren Country up here. Yes, indeed. You're there in Dalesford. You are an ambassador for the festival. You're doing a superb uh, live-to-air broadcast for your wonderful show, Out of the Pan, as well on Sunday at the festival. Uh, and your show's just turned 18. Happy birthday. Yes, in the, the words of a, a cricket commentator, it is all happening. Uh, you know, sort of first of all, you know, uh, let's try to put some pieces together. Yeah, so Out of the Pan... Um, 18 last Sunday, I was just reflecting on it before I, you know, as I was you know, listening to you chat with Sean there and, you know, what's changed in 18 years. I mean, there wasn't a lot of positive coverage of trans and bi issues, which is where the show started back in the mid-2000s. Um, there's still, of course, room for improvement, particularly in mainstream media, but it proves just how vital, you know, community media are, um, is in any form. We need all of it. And, you know, last Sunday, well, you know, just the show keeps broadening. It was, I just never got around to it. I had uh, a musician, a queer musician, Ellen James, play live to air. I think I might be doing more uh, more of that and promoting our up-and-coming artists in the queer community. So it's been a very interesting run over 18 years. And, and then, of course, that leads into combining it all with Chill Out. Yeah, absolutely. What does an ambassador do at Chill Out? Well, look, there are some... <laughs> Ceremonial roles. Uh, last night I had the honour of flicking a very big switch that allegedly, in someone's opinion, turned on the rainbow-coloured lights over Dale's Town Hall. But seriously, I think, you know, there's some more to it. It is about, you know, I'm a great believer in listening and, you know, finding out what's going on because I'm sure there are some great ideas that, you know, Dalesford and regional Victoria everywhere are doing that we should have in the, the big smog, so to speak. And so, for example, I was having a chat, and this is, you know, very serendipitous to the person who is the inclusion officer for LGBTIQA plus and disabilities here in Hepburn Shire over a lunch that I was just at. So, yeah, there's some swapping notes. What's working? Where are we going? What else could we do? And I'm, you know, with a, just to add another hat, I'm on Manningham's LGBTIQA plus um, diversity and gender equity and LGBTIQA plus and gender equity committee. So, I mean, we can swap notes and network and, you know, know, hopefully boost each other's work. So I think there's that role as well. Um, But also, um, while I'm up here tonight um, uh, here in Hepburn, a few k's north of Dalesford at the Savoia Hotel, there's two panel panels, one on trans and gender diverse and particular ups and downs and in-betweens for regional and then one on bi plus. For, um, you know, on a similar theme, and we've got a range of people on each panel, and I'm doing double intersectional duty. So hopefully, again, listen, pick up ideas, but I'd hopefully be able to offer some thoughts as well um, that uh, might be of benefit as well. So it's a great way of exchanging information, and well, I do get a bonus. I am sitting out looking at a beautiful view over the treetops at the moment. Yeah, it's a stunning spot. And, I mean, Dalesford and Hepburn Springs are always, you know, a bit of a queer oasis. They've certainly become oases in recent years. The the, the queer vibe there must be buzzing. It is absolutely happening already. And, of course, you know, today's still being Friday. Perhaps people are 
just trying to wrap up their work and all those sorts of things. But, um, you know, obviously once the weekend kicks in, um, you know, people will be coming up. Hopefully they've got their accommodation <laughs> organised because I'm pretty sure everything's booked out. But uh, if you come up for one day or if you've found a place somewhere to do something overnight on Saturday or Sunday, come up. There's just so much on. There's great... Um, I'm on you know, an intergenerational type of panel tomorrow. There's a pool party hosted um, by your... Um, well, by the fabulous Dean Curie. Um, and boy, boy, I mean, I think um, he's going to have a lot, need a lot of coffee this weekend. He's a busy person, um, and along with um, alter ego Frog Hudson. So there's shows, there's art exhibitions, there's a fabulous um, chill-out parade and carnival on Sunday, and um, hopefully then we all um, can get a good sleep in on Monday before we stagger home on the Labor Day um, you know, holiday. <laughs> I saw some photos, Sally, of the event you attended last night. It looked like it was buzzing. And what an honour to flick those lights on. You must feel like you've been given the uh, the keys to the town. Pretty much, yes. And look, a huge thank you to the Chill Out um, committee and organisers and um, um, M from Chill Out who have just been absolutely fabulous in getting things organised and, um, you know, sort of... Um, the whole thing and just wandering around the time. It's just very, very friendly. Um, and, you know, it is a big buzz and it's fine. You know, it's, let's be human. It's nice to be appreciated and do something like that. And it's just, it combines, you know, the sort of importance of trying to build our rainbow communities with a bit of good fun as well. And, um, you know, I just think it's a really nice balance and a, just a really nice vibe. I mean, it's great that there is this... Um, you know, work happening in regional Victoria and um, there's lots of, of course, the, you know, Chill Out is the longest running um, rainbow regional festival or event that's been happening certainly in Australia and possibly on the planet. But there's, of course, with the state government's regional fund, there's lots more events happening around more and more of regional Victoria, which is good as well. Yeah, we forget that. It's been going for so long. Off the top of your head, Sally, do you know how long? I do remember it, you know, sort of way, at least in the early 2000s and possibly the 1990s. And I, I'm going to take a punt. I think it's 1997. And I should have looked that up beforehand, but it's definitely been a long time as, you know, sort of obviously the emphasis in those times a little more on gay and lesbian, um, where people, you know, wanted to do the proverbial tree change and said, um, you know, where, where can we go? And at that point, Dalston wasn't too far away. It's only you know, an hour and a half or so away from the city and off they went um, and came up here and, well, pretty much the rest is history. Now, Sally, uh, Polly Filler, the wonderful performer, I hear she gave a rousing tribute to uh, the late Georgina Byer last night. Yeah, look, she did a performance at the launch opening, the festival launch opening last night and did three things, um, which I think is really important. Yes, it's important to have some fun and celebrate um, the joys of our communities, but yes, she did three things. She gave a tribute to Georgina Byer, who, for me, you know, as a 57-year-old trans woman, was such a, a beacon in terms of her no-nonsense, assertive, authentic leadership, her warped sense of humour. I saw her speak a couple of times and always enjoyed it. And I, I you know, it is very, you know, people sadly leave us, but um, you know, they. Um, 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 you know, sort of, um, I have felt a bit sad this week that we have lost such an icon and just such a true leader in the sense of the word, not just someone who was 
public, but really had great qualities of leadership and lifted people up and, you know, stood firm. And so there was that aspect. But um, as much as it was, you know, all very well to have performers and things like that last night, Polly spoke about, you know, difficult as it is, the new laws that have come in in the state of Tennessee, which ban drag performances and other things, and says, you know, we've got to make sure we keep fighting. And I think that's appropriate. It's all very well to have these, you know, sort of partying events, but we also need to look at where things are not going so well and make sure we stand, you know, sort of um, are in solidarity with our siblings overseas as well. Absolutely. And I mean, just talking and paying tribute to Georgina Barr, I remember the great Jackie Brown and I had the honour of interviewing her twice uh, when the acclaimed New Zealand MP came to Australia. And just her uh, insightfulness and her sense of humour and her wit and her generosity about sharing her personal story as a former sex worker and as an actor. And she came up with this great line where she said, you know, if a backslapper like me can pull themselves up from their bootstraps and anyone can. Oh, yeah, it was things like that, um, her sense of humour, her sense of no-nonsense. I think she was told in New Zealand you know, way sort of some time ago that she was told by the equivalent of New Zealand, what we would have here is Centrelink, uh, just go home and put on your trousers and get a job. And she said, no, um, things like that. And I just, you know, I really was always just so lifted by hearing her, she really was a pilot, an absolute trailblazer. And as far as we know, I think the world, you know, again, linking back to your previous interview, Tony Briffer is the only known person with variation of sex characteristics, intersex, to hold a governmental office. Well, Georgina, although of course not the first, is the, sorry, not the only one, but is, of course, as far as we know, the first trans person to be in a national parliament anywhere in the world, which is amazing. And we'll hold that, you know, hold that honour. Whether it was totally correct or not, I'm not sure. But um, you know, she just, yeah, what, what a trailblazer. And for someone like myself, in a time where there wasn't as much internet, we didn't have that connection. To have that connection from um, beyond, you know, this this country was huge. Sally, just finally, Trans Family, uh, which is a group you're involved with, won the City of Melbourne Award late last year. Congratulations. Tell us about Trans Family. Family is a group for loved ones of trans and gender diverse people. And, um, you know, initially we founded it because there was a gap for the loved ones where, where the trans person came out, say, roughly over 25, but obviously in the last, well, where are we? Ten years ago, since the group was first formulated, we first started actually operating and having our monthly meetings in 2014. There has, of course, been that huge emphasis on um, parents of, we'll say, roughly under 25 trans people, but we don't in any way police the connection of the loved ones to the trans person. So we've had siblings, grandparents, aunts, uncles, siblings, partners, you name it, and, of course, the trans person kind of, you know, started their trans journey, if I can put it that way, or started to be more their authentic self might be even better at any age. And, um, you know, we just, they need that support. You know, there's a, there is a lot more support than, say, um, an understanding from loved ones compared to, say, when I began to be more my authentic self, to use one example, back in '95. But trans family is now more. But I think parent, you know, loved ones are wanting to do the right thing, their heart and their soul say, but they don't know all about the issues. They don't perhaps understand. Particularly, we find one theme, for example, is 
loved ones are a little unclear about non-binary or beyond the binary. And once that takes a little bit of, you know, thinking through, but it's a safe place for them. Their journey's their journey. And the fact that we have myself as a trans person um, there who can sort of we'll say look at various points of view on their most months, I think is really helpful. And once it's the old story, once you meet someone else who's in a similar journey to you, the sense of connection is great. And, you know, many people go off and after the monthly meetings, which actually are, is tomorrow week, it's usually the third Saturday of the month, um, but contact transfamily.org.au for exact details. And, um, you know, the thing is, once they meet there, um, other people, away they go. But we um, put in a nomination for the Melbourne Awards in the middle of last year. We got to the shortlist, and I'd be honest with you, I was, um, you know, we're up against some tough competition, minus 18, Positive Living Centre Lunch um, and Laneway Learning, who all do awesome work. And I I thought, oh, my goodness, are we really going to get, you know, what hope we got? And we we got it. It was um, quite amazing. And it was actually that the awards were granted the night before the Trans Pride March in last November, so it was a huge weekend. And there, I think there was just great camaraderie amongst the four queer organisations that we were there as part of the whole, but there together. And, um, you know, we're just so, you know, happy that we've got this award. It will help us particularly. They're all ties together. Let's build connections. We know, of course, um, that perhaps regional areas need that, you know, extra communication and, um, um, you know, sort of connection. So that's also a can sort of wear multiple hats while I'm here and um, hopefully talk to loved ones of um, family members here and we hope to spend the money particularly in, in that area. So Lee mentioned a big weekend. You've got one ahead of you and, of course, uh, noon to one on Sunday during your, your show hour, The Pan, you're broadcasting live from the Chill Out Festival. Uh, what can we expect? I'm, you know, I admit that I'm just ruffling up guests as I go along at the various events and just saying, well, drop by and have a chat. Um, Unfortunately, I was, I was hoping to lock in our wonderful commissioner, Todd Fernando, but he's actually been delayed coming up here, I understand, due to some personal circumstances. So I do send our best vi- rainbow vibes to Todd. But um, I'm just going to be getting as many people as I can on the show to talk about you know, regional life, what they'd like to see, what, how, how perhaps metro people could be allies, but also, as I say, what we could share and it'll be everything from across the advocacy, community services, performance. I was having a lovely chat um, as well over a, a meal in the last already to an agent who books a lot of the performances. There's a whole range of genres. Um, we've swapped numbers, so hopefully lots of the queer and music shows on 3CR could be able to do lots of interviews. And so I just want to get that out there. It is just about communication and connection. And so tune in to hear lots of great guests live from Chill Out Carnival um, noon to one Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time Sunday. Have fun, Sally. It's going to be terrific. Can't wait to hear and uh, enjoy being an ambassador at Chill Out. I certainly shall. Great to chat to you as always, James. Have a great um, long weekend and, of course, solidarity for our union and worker colleagues for Monday for Labor Day. The wonderful Sally Goldner there. You are and in your face on 3CR. And here's Paul Simon. Mississippi Delta 
Paul Simon there, Graceland. We are joined by Chill Out Festival Ambassador Dita Curry. Dean, welcome back to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. You must be pumped and you must be full of energy. What can we expect from you during Chill Out this weekend look, and tonight? It's, it's a lot. Like, it's already started. It started yesterday. And um, look, I'm keeping myself busy this Chill Out as, as an ambassador and also, like, I love to perform. They kept telling me to have a rest, but I clearly don't know how to do that. So we actually started last night with an amazing opening event, which had uh, lots of choirs from the high schools and primary schools singing, as well as LGBT performers, which was just an absolute joy from all around Victoria. And it was a beautiful way to kick things off and light the town hall in rainbow. And the events have just kept on going since then. We've already been doing wonderful lunches and drinks all afternoon. I'm very excited because I'm just relaxing now before I head to the spa, uh, because we're actually doing polyfiller and I are doing a little event there. And uh, I'm keeping myself busy. Like, this is just tonight. And then tonight I'm performing with Crystal Method at Honcho Disco, which is going to be very exciting. Uh, tonight's when it all gets... Uh, tomorrow is when it all gets a little joyfully, very pride-filled, but crazy for me. I'm um, starting my day at 10.30 in the morning at the Dalesford Library doing Rainbow Story Time, which is going to be absolutely wonderful. I love it each and every year. And uh, we've got a whole host of different events. I'm doing a solo show in the evening. There's another pool party. We've got the Bush Dance tomorrow night and obviously the Carnival, which everyone comes to on the Sunday, which is absolutely wonderful. And that's all in the space of a few days. I mean, it's amazing, really. The last time we spoke, I think, was probably in, I think, October last year. And you were saying you were having a wee rest, which went for about five minutes before you kind of, you know, were building up for the Pride season. And I thought, oh, look, he'll be in full flight. But you have exceeded expectations. You're the $6 million well, man. You must be bionic. I don't know how you've done look, it. Look, I have. I'm actually doing 12 events over the four days. And the irony of ironies, like the beauty of it is some I'm singing at, some I'm hosting, some I'm speaking at. And it's just that funny thing where M, M the festival director of Chill Out, has done such an amazing job working with the businesses here and so many different performers that are a part of our community from all around Victoria and Australia that um, so much work has gone into it. And I was on the side doing my own thing and didn't realise I had a whole ambassador schedule as well to talk at the Sound Shell tomorrow and things like that. Luckily, uh, my carnival day is very easy. So tomorrow's my crazy day. But it's worth it. Being down here as a part of the regional pride, like it really just fills my queer heart so much because there's so many wonderful, talented people doing amazing things, but the community just love it and really engage with it all, and everyone's just having a joyful, wonderful time. I've got to say, I mean, you've been doing the hard slog for years, but I was thinking about you earlier, and look, just over the last few months, your career seems to have gone to the next level. Um, Everyone wants a piece of you. Does that surprise you? Oh, look, I, I, it's funny. Everyone kind of says that. I think everyone's starting to notice. I've always been busy and everyone's just noticing just how busy I am. I think I've always done a lot of different events. And I think the joy for me is that I'm doing a lot more regional events, which I really enjoy. Being able to connect with community and regional spaces is everything. And uh, they're building in such a great way. And I'm really grateful every time I get to go and be a part of it. I don't know. I mean, I guess I am keeping myself busy. I absolutely need to create a rest for myself after... Bendigo Pride Festival. So my first rest will be April 2nd, uh, which I'm looking forward to. Just give myself a day or two before I dive back into more wonderful Pride Field events. But I guess I just feel lucky to be able to, especially coming out of the past two years that we've had, be working and be able to be a part of these events and, and 
celebrate with everyone. I mean, it's interesting because, I mean, you have been non-stop for six months. And, you know, I mean, we had la creme de la creme in terms of, like, you know, frenetic queer activity. Just just last week, which was World Pride in Sydney, which everybody's yes. talking about, was exhausting. You haven't stopped. Well, that's true, but everyone was partying. I was performing. So for me, it was a different muscle to use. And also, when everyone would go out all night long to three or four in the morning, I was in bed before midnight every single night. Like, it was still a crazy well pride. Over 17 days, I got one day off. But um, being able to perform, I, look, I just really count myself blessed. I'm 44 years old. You know, I do a host of performing as myself and also as my queer drag alter ego, Frock Husband. Uh, Frock Hudson, sorry. I do a wide range of different things. And I just feel really blessed that people still want me to come and do stuff with them and invite me to be a part of their festivals. And I'm, and people are still enjoying seeing me perform. For me, I just count myself lucky because, you know, there's, there's plenty of amazing queer talent all around this country and they're doing amazing things. So I just feel lucky that I get to be a part of it. I mean, you have the adrenaline rush of performing night after night after night and you kind of, you know, don't really give your body a rest. Do you kind of worry that if you do rest, you'll just go kaput? Well, I, I, look, the interesting way that I approach things, everyone, a lot of people work nine to five, so weekends are when they have their downtime. You know, for me, not just me, but for many performers, you know, the beginning of the year is a massive pride season, so we take these three to four months and really use them. And then winter, we get to go into a bit of a different gear. So I just work my energy a little differently over a yearly period is the way that I like to look at it. Um, but you know what? I'm, I have a lot of good people supporting me and everyone makes sure I'm doing okay. And, and I'm just grateful to be able to be working. Tonight, the performance with Polly Filler. I mean, she's dynamite with a microphone. That's going to be high energy, not just from her, but from you as well. I mean, whoa. We just did. We actually just did an event, and we were both, like, right up there. We're really excited. Being able to come and do a welcome event at the Hepburn Spa is so fantastic. It means we get to perform, but everyone gets to relax as well. Like, the nightmare for me is I'm being getting dragged up again and going and doing honcho disco and i'm like okay i'm gonna be in a spa so god knows how my makeup's gonna go but i'll whack on some glitter and just keep on rolling you mentioned you're doing drag story time i mean you've been at the forefront of that here in melbourne for a few years now are you getting nervous though and i don't think that's going to happen you know in, in dalesford but is there that kind of nervousness about oh what happens if the far right you know barges in Look, I'll be honest, I'm not, because the reality, you know, I think this is an interesting thing, this conversation especially, the way in which we're all taking it and how we're all handling it. I don't know any drag performer or queer person that feels comfortable or safe when they see what's going on in America, and especially in Tennessee. Like, and we've got to call it out, we've got to point out the hypocrisy. Like, I find it amazing that they still can't outlaw guns, but they found a way to outlaw drag queens. It's just ridiculous. But... We've got to remember that that's happening over here and we have a different legal system that exists. I'm going to be really honest. I've been doing it for many years and this is not a new experience for me. You know, people contacting the councils or contacting the libraries and expressing, you know, that they don't like it. And honestly, during actually during one of my shows, uh, at the, a children's show that I did at the Pride Centre during midsummer, as someone tried to disrupt it. It was the laziest disruption I think I've ever seen. It lasted 30 seconds in total. The parents told them to leave and we kept on going with the show. The kids didn't notice and they had a great time. And this is the bit that we need to remember. Is anyone that thinks they're making it about drag queens or queer performers, you know, this is about kids enjoying themselves. This is about them having a good time. I trust the parents who feel comfortable and safe to bring their children to an event. That's who I listen to. These people that are trying to attack drag queens are really trying to attract 
queer people. They're really trying to have a go at queer people, at trans people, and the validity of that. And they're fi- trying to find ways about it. Does it worry me a little bit more now? Absolutely. Does it make any difference to whether or not it's going to stop for me? Absolutely not. Because it's not just about the visibility within our community. It's because kids like it. And you've got to remember that, like any entertainment, it just kids see me like a clown. They don't see every time a person has said to me, "You're sexualizing children." I'm like, the only person talking about sex is you. Does it concern me? I I don't like to use terms like far right because I think that puts a framework. Some of them are sometimes crazy cookers when I see what they're writing online. But I think we need to remember that the important thing that should be happening here is conversation and communication. I think any individual that thinks it's appropriate to disrupt any performance for whatever reason, no matter who they may be, just has a low way of thinking of it and, and shouldn't be a part of it and should be escorted out. Any individual, whether it's a performance or a story time, whatever it may be, there are ways you can make your point without making them through disruption. But what they want is disruption because they think disruption means that they've won. The video that the woman put up of the show I did at the Pride Centre, everyone was commenting, it didn't really look like you disrupted anything, but they put out a narrative like they confronted the drag queens. They didn't do anything like that. They asked a question during an interactive show. They said, do you think it's appropriate for children? I said, yes. The minute they went, oh, I think drag's for adults, the parents went, no, go away. I entertained the children for another 20 seconds while they were escorted out, and we went on with the show. Ten minutes later, all the kids are in wigs and we're dancing around to ABBA. What we need to remember is what's really important, and that's creating safe spaces for anyone to come and be a part of entertainment and for children to enjoy having fun and being themselves. And Any the vi- individual that wants to make it something else, that's their problem and that's not anyone else's or ours. And the real direct action there was when the parents kicked in behind you. How validating. I didn't even have a second to think. Like, I honestly, I had a plan, which was thank you for purchasing your ticket, because let's remember, some of these events are free, but we're in a situation now where people are purchasing tickets to events and then trying to disrupt it. And it's just like a person trying to heckle a comedian. They think they're doing a really good job, but they're really not. And it's important to remember that these people understand what they're doing and know what they're stepping into as performers. So it's unfortunate that we have to be concerned about this extra level of hate. But I'll be honest, every time I hear about a shooting in a nightclub in America, I get concerned when I'm hosting events in a queer space because something may follow on. And unfortunately, people look at social media and look at all these different spaces and places and they think this is a good thing for them to follow through with. And that's what we're seeing now. You know, it's a narrative that they're trying to create, but we need to remember I, I, what I'm trying to do is share the positiveness. Like, even in this, this interview now, I feel like we're talking about it more than we need to be. You know, let's instead share the positiveness of the fact that I've been doing Rainbow Storytime at the Dalesford Library during Chill Out for four years, and it's been wonderful, engaging things. But last night, the opening event of the Chill Out Festival was filled with school children, not just watching, but also performing. They loved when Polly Fuller stepped out onto the stage and did a little bit of a number, and they loved just seeing Rainbow and being a part of it. It doesn't mean these kids identify as anything other than happy, wonderful kids that are accepting of a community that's standing proudly and showing themselves. And that's all that should matter. Absolutely. Now, Dean, I love that you are an ambassador for Chill Out with my dear colleague, Sally Golder. It's very king and queen of Moomba almost. Well, we're not the only ones. There's also Karen, who is a disability ambassador, and, and many more. Look, it's great. I, I love being able to be a part, one of the ambassadors. It's actually my 10th year performing as a part of the festival, which is really it makes me feel really proud. And I'm really honoured that they asked me to come as me and not as Croc, even though I'm juggling both of them throughout the weekend. And it's great that they create spaces for ambassadors like Sal, 
who has been on the radio and advocating and an ambassador for our communities for years and for trans voices and bi-pan voices and everything like that. So I just think it's absolutely brilliant that they're creating spaces for us to be seen and to be able to share our stories and what we do with the communities in lots of different ways. And Sal got to flick the switch at the town hall that lit the town hall rainbow. It was absolutely magical last night. Well, Dina Curry, you are thriving. I just think you've gone to a new level and it's so inspirational. Have a fantastic time at Chill Out this weekend. I absolutely will. The wonderful Dina Curry there. You are in your face on 3CR. And here's Edna James.
Yeah, she really had soul. Edda James there covering Joe Cocker. And we will catch you next week on In Your Face. In Your Face would like to thank Thorn Harbour Health for their sponsorship of this program. Thorn Harbour Health envisions a healthy future for our gender, sex and sexuality diverse communities, a future without HIV, and a future where all people live with dignity and respect. To find out more, search Thorn Harbour Health on your search engine or Facebook.